Super Nerd Podcast, the adventure that brings you the latest nerd news and rumors from movies, TV, entertainment, and sometimes science. You name it, if it is nerdy, we are talking about it. And tonight's main event is... Ahsoka Preparation! That's right, we're getting ready for the upcoming Star Wars Ahsoka TV show, and I am your host, Austin, and with me, as always, is the amazing Amanda Lorian. Hey! And the wild, yet elusive, Jekka. Greetings, one and all. Hey, folks, thanks so much for joining us. We're going to be talking Ahsoka a little later, but we're also going to be talking... James Gunn's Superman Legacy apparently is going to be uh, featuring a whole bunch of his trusted collaborators. We've got Spock actor Zachary Quinton Quinto talking Star Trek Four. What's going on with? And we've got rumors on a possible Venom Three uh, villain and a whole lot more. So make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button. We would love to nerd out with you each and every week. And if you've already hit that podcast subscribe button, you know what I'm going to say to you. Plus 10 Nerd XP. We love you guys. And for everyone else, as soon as you hit that podcast subscribe button, you too can start earning Nerd XP. Nerd XP. In the meantime, Jekka, what's nerdy with you? Okay, so there's two things. Um, I guess I'll do this one. That The question I posed before we started recording. Well, to get that out of the way, because the other one will be like me really nerding out. So I've recently gotten in. I've decided I wanted to learn to play an instrument, and I chose the ocarina. Made famous by The Legend of Zelda Ocarina of Time. It's an actual instrument. And there's this website. So I, I have an ocarina, but I bought it off Etsy. But then, through trying to learn tutorials, I found this website that actually professionally sells them. And they're selling Melody's Ocarina from Pokemon 2000. And it's on sale right now. And I'm just like, How much does it should cost? I get it? So, it is... $50, whereas it's like $5 off. So it's $50 because it's a professional and it's like themed. Yeah. But cool. I'm like, do I, I don't, I probably should not because grad school, all that stuff. I mean, I freaking keep buying Legos. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, like all I'm going to say, what should I do? You should I think buy this it. is me just falling. When are you going to find it? 10% off. It. <laughs> 11%. 11% off. Yes. Okay. I think that's the validation I needed. <laughs> <laughs> I also did text my sister because she was a huge Pokemon 2000 fan as well. Anywho, so that was the first thing. The second thing was after two years of living in Northern California on the Redwood Coast, I finally saw whales. Whoa, cool. Yeah, it was amazing. My friends and I, so I had some friends from Utah come out and visit. And we had gone up north to Crescent City. We were making way down and hitting up like these overlooks that my friend had been to years ago with like a school field trip, a college field trip, I should say, years and years ago. And so we went out to this overlook. It was beautiful. We were just bird watching. And then her sister was like, is that a whale? I think that's a whale. <laughs> so we watched. And sure enough, there were spouts. And Ooh. we freaked out. So we spent two hours at this overlook just watching the whales. There was at least three of them. Wow. We suspect there may have been a mother calf pair in wow. one area. But there was at least three of them for sure. Because we saw three whales out there. What kind of whales? Gray whales. 
gray whales. Yeah, they're very common along the coast, and there's like a pod that's pretty much like being well studied because they 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 don't do the full migration like from the Arctic to the equator like most gray whales do. They just stay and hang out in this area all mm-hmm. year. Um, but there's also like characteristics like the f- tail flukes, the spouts. Um, also like we'd watch them and we would see them come up like three or four times for air and then they would dive. And it was, that was the best part. Oh my gosh. When they would dive, we would see the flukes pop up and it was just amazing to like see that fluke pop up. Yeah. Cause I'd only seen it on like boobies and documentaries, sure. but to see it with my own eyes was just magical. It was absolutely was- magical. So it, it reminds me of, um, we went to California about 14 years ago. The dolphins. And I was looking out and none of the surfers were moving, which seemed really, really odd to me until I saw these little like spikes traveling through the ocean around them. And I'm like, I had to look closer and it was dolphins. And it That's was just so cool. these surfers sitting in all these dolphins and i'm like it was cool from the beach but i have to imagine it would have been way cooler as a surfer the uh and i've seen dolphins but this is like my first time ever seeing whales so i'm like yes so now again i'm spending money i probably don't have but i want to get a spotting (laughs) scope now so i can go Uh... whale watching (laughs) that's also on my list so ocarina spotting scope and legos that's Wrapped up in Jekka's. That's I'm, what's draining my pocketbook right now. I'm just going to point out, what's 10% off? So, uh, <laughs> according to oceanconservancy.org, gray whales have a reputation of being the friendliest whales in the world. So, they are curious about boats and will often approach them and check out the humans aboard. So, there you go. Maybe, maybe you need a boat and not a whale-watching scope. <laughs> just to give you something else you need to buy but but see the spotting scope is very versatile because i asked one of my friends um because i was telling you this with like another friend out in utah i used to work with her at the aquarium and she was like oh that's so cool i'm like yeah now i want to get a spotting scope she's like oh my husband and i have a spotting scope like he mainly uses it for hunting but we also use it for stargazing and i'm like ooh. and spotting scopes are also helpful for bird watching so i'm like bird watching stargazing and whales Right well, there. May, Three things may, for one. So maybe, I got to find a spotting scope now. Maybe not get a boat and get the spotting scope for that reason. But here's another reason if you needed one. <laughs> Near Mexico, a gray whale actually played with a boat of tourists by lifting the vessel onto its back and briefly <laughs> swimming away with it. So, so <laughs> maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know if I like that. I, I'm just going to say, it's if amazing. you get a boat... Like you can invite friends on your <laughs> It's true, but boats are very expensive. There's this thing that like my my dad like we've heard a lot. You have to be really dedicated to the boats. Um although wait, I do have a friend who well no, his boat isn't really good for going out on sea. It's just for like ponds and lagoons. But um mm. boats are very expensive and gas right now in California is ridiculous. So yeah, don't fill I up in California. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd have to move, like, or I guess, like, yeah, moving to Mexico. <laughs> but, but a spotting scope, I'd rather invest. I think a spotting scope would be cheaper than a boat, and I could still take my friends. I could. Sure. Take my there friends. you go. We get to like this overlook was in a. It was off the beaten path. Like there was only one other person. It was a guy and his daughter. Like we were the only ones there. Like 
there weren't any tourists. Like, it's off the beaten path, and I was like, sweet. So, yeah. Pretty cool. So, that, that's my nerdiness. Um, ocarinas, spotting scopes, whales. I'm just like, I guess this, you know, it's for sure I'm not doing drugs because of this. <laughs> I don't have money to do any of that. <laughs> All right, Amanda, what's nerdy with you? So... I was going to talk about Fun Fest, but I was going to talk about um, my daughter went to um, a dance. This... Why are you talking about that? Okay. She's going to kill us. She's not going to kill me. She's right there looking at us. Okay. You're about ready to talk about the dance she okay. was at. Okay, watch this. Watch she's how get... fast she doesn't she's get... kill she's, me. She's giving you a death stare big Give time. Give him the death stare. He deserves it. I'm not. What? I'm not the one that's about to what? talk about her dance. Okay, so she went to this dance. So I pick her and her friend up. And so we're we're going home from this dance. And oh, oh she wait. She's doing the knock it off, mom. Knock it off. She's doing what I'm gonna say. She's she's, doing, like, she's playing you. Uh-uh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Can you, you hear are her? on record. You are on record. Shut. Can you hear her? Anyway, so I'm talking <laughs> yeah. with your friend because. Her friend starts talking about dances she's missed in the past so she can sit and watch Clone Wars. Oh, yes. <laughs> yes. Dude, that would be me. That would be me. That would um, be me. This friend of hers um, has made a full Ahsoka costume. Nice. And is so excited um, for the Ahsoka series coming out that um, we were discussing it. Um, this is her first year doing um, public school and she's really unsure of how to handle things. Cause there's two episodes coming out um, for the day it comes out. And she's really upset because she used to homeschool. And so she and her brothers would wake up at like 5 AM and watch anything that came out. And now she's like, wait, I've got all this stuff going on and now I can't watch, I can only watch one episode the day it comes out. So, so is she still watching it? Or I'm a little confused. Oh. Like how long ago was this? Cause she's not that old. Well, she's talking about the Ahsoka series coming out. Um, she, I was actually a, about a year or two ago that, um, she was catching up on Clone Wars? Well, no, she wasn't catching up. She was re-watching Clone Wars instead of going to a dance. Okay, re-watching. I thought you meant like... Which, for that, she gets plus 20 nerd XP. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just That's saying. pretty funny. Priorities. She's got her priorities set. Well, it's a good thing you didn't talk about the boy that Allison didn't want you to talk about. Okay. Why? I didn't say I'm anything. only going to say this. On behalf of Allison, I do side with her in this. The only thing Let's I'm going to say not. is there's a boy. And... Okay, all right, all right, all right. Let's... No, yeah. I'm just yeah. going to say they labeled him Draco. <laughs> Get your hand off She, she didn't learn the guy's name. She just labeled him Draco. Okay, anyway. That's hilarious. <laughs> Allison, do you want to say anything to clear up this the situation? Okay, he looks like Draco. He had slick back hair. He was blonde. He looked like, like Draco Malfoy. Okay, all right. He had to have known that. He had to have known. Like, there's no way he could not have known. I will laugh really hard if he is a listener of this podcast. And he's like, oh my gosh, she's talking about me. Oh, definitely not. Some ninth grade kid. Oh my gosh. 
there's right there's a good soap know. opera right there soap opera drama I all right that. now that we're done embarrassing <laughs> our daughter we've got a lot of nerd news to cover so let's get into it Many Bothans died to bring us this information. Ooh. And what is the news that should be on your nerd radar? Well, DCU's Blue Beetle is getting praise from critics. That's right. DC Studios' Blue Beetle starring the dude from Cobra Kai that played Miguel. What is? How do you say his name? The dude from Cobra Kai that played Miguel. X, That's X, how you say his name. X-O-L-O... I think that would be like Sholo Mariduena. Mariduena, yeah. Mariduena, yeah. I'm not. Say his first name. I think I think the first part is Sholo. Sholo, yeah, yeah. It's it's the Mayan. That looks like Mayan. Yeah, I I don't know. That's my guess. It just after learning how to properly pronounce axolotl, like when I see X, I'm like Sholo. So. Well, I guess I'm not. But we can pronounce his last name though. Yes. Mr. You, you can pronounce it. <laughs> I don't know I Spanish. Can. I could handle that. I don't no, know Spanish. I don't know Spanish. Anyways, I just understand the, that part. The dude, of it. the dude from Cobra Kai who plays Miguel is in Blue Beetle, and he depicts Jamie Ray Rays, a recent grad who stumbled upon an ancient relic, the Scarab, which grants him unpredictable superpowers. The dude from Cobra Kai makes his major film debut and is eager to, for fans to see it. It was originally set to be on HBO Max, but the movie is obviously headed to the big screen. Very excited about that. How do you say the guy's name? Mary Ma- Mari Duena. Mary Duena. Mari. Mari, Mari Duena. Oh my word. The dude from Cobra Ree. Kai. We. It's we. <laughs> the dude from Cobra Kai commented on this quote. It was like winning the lottery twice, quite frankly. I was already astounded. Just playing a superhero is a life-changing experience and a life-changing opportunity. And I was already so grateful and so appreciative. But to have DC and the greater Warner Brothers family believe that this story is a worldwide story that that deserves to be shown to everyone, it was really welcoming and really assuring. I want to do 12 more years of Blue Beetle. So early critics' reactions to Blue Beetle have mostly been positive on social media. While The Flash did receive similar early praise, it struggled at the box office. Uh, But Blue Beetle doesn't have the uh, associated controversy of Ezra Miller being involved. But we will see how it does at the box office. But according to At Pop Culture, Blue Beetle is my favorite post-Nolan DC film. It's an action-packed, highly entertaining superhero story about family. The film is unique in that it lovingly and unabashedly shares uh, the fun quirks of Ray's family's Mexican culture. Reyes. Reyes, yes. (laughs) See, if I can't pronounce Reyes, how was I going to pronounce the other name? Anyways, at Big Screen Leaks, DC should have marketed Blue Beetle more. It's a fun, self-contained, emotional story about family. The dude from Cobra Kai, it doesn't actually say that, it's the real name. <laughs> Zolo Mariadua. Sholo? Anyway, yeah, anyways, that's what I'm guessing. The dude from Cobra Kai is perfectly cast and shines as Jamie Reyes. Jaime. What? Jaime. Jaime. Oh my word. <laughs> 
<laughs> you're right because because of uh it's, it's, it's hispanic yes you're right spanish okay anyways george lopez and bruna mark markenzine yes okay anyways they're all standouts. I'm so happy Blue Beetle is the first DCU character. Well, Blue Beetle premieres right around the corner, August 18th. And I guarantee the people in the movie know how to pronounce their own names, unlike me. <laughs> so. so I'm really excited about this movie. Um, it, I've been watching the trailers. And part of the uniqueness about this movie is he's not hiding anything from his family. It is front and center. The family knows everything. And they're freaking out along with him. And like you've got the parents going, there's a beetle eating my child. Like that is absolutely. You think they take him to the hospital to try get a doctor to look at him? Well, the problem is it's going so fast. Like if you saw a beetle, like just like sucking. Oh, sure. Like. So I, I love how that is portrayed, at least in the trailer. So I'm really excited to see it in the theater. Um, I like how it's it really does revolve around the family and how the family's integral in that. Um, it's part of the success of Shazam was that it was a family. And I think that that's going to make things stand out for Blue Beetle as opposed to the normal superhero Secret, secret. Um, nobody knows and having sure. to hide it. So I, I like that there's that difference. Um, I've, I've been thinking a lot about um, superhero fatigue. And I think a lot of it has to do with it's they're keeping things the same. They're not changing things up mm-hmm. in ways that are actually unique. They'll change parts of the story, but they keep a lot of what is in the superhero fatigue there. They're not changing up how they do the superhero. They're just changing up, oh, the love interest, or they're changing up the where superpowers. the powers, the superpowers. And they're not changing things up enough to be like, okay. Or, or my favorite part that I saw from the Marvels is they're making it all comedies is what they're seems really to be happening in are. Marvel. Um, the, trying the, to make them funny. The Marvel's director said like, yeah, I really leaned into the comedy because of the superhero fatigue. And I'm like, that's, um, did you not see Thor love and thunder? And so it just feels like they're all trying to do the same thing. And what I love about what seems to be with blue beetle is they're not following kind of how Marvel's been trying to change things. They're making it yeah. their own. And I like that. Well, J- James Gunn has recognized the superhero fatigue, and here he is trying to start a whole new superhero uh, universe. So he's got to do something much different. And uh, I don't know. I I think James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy movies uh, have always shined quite a bit, even compared to some of the other movies. And so I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, the DC you does under james gunn speaking of james gunn apparently james gunn's superman legacy will feature many of his behind the scenes behind the camera collaborators so oscar nominated visual effects expert uh how do you say that stephanie 
is it Stephanie or Stefan? Because the rest of the article says uh, it's probably Stefan. Stefan Soretti. No. Okay, known for his work across DC and Marvel movies, is buzzing about the forthcoming James Gunn directed Superman Legacy. Soretti, who's collaborated with Gunn in the past and has credits on prominent films from Guardians of the Galaxy. Uh, with Gunn to DC's The Batman and shared his ex- has shared his excitement about the Superman film during a comic book interview saying, quote, I, can t- I can't tell you much about Superman. I really cannot. But all I can tell you is it's going to be good. It's a great script. Uh, we're, we're trying hard. We're a good group. It's all a good group of people. A lot of people that have worked with James before that he trusts. We're a very good group in terms of being very honest to each other. So we work well in that sense, end quote. So check this out. Who, who, here's all the people that are going to be in this movie. So we've got David uh, Coruswet as Clark Kent Superman. We've got Rachel Braj, Brosnison. Brosnan. Brosnan as Lois Lane. We've got Nathan Fillion as Green Lantern. Oh, reprising his role. Nice. Isabel. Uh, Mercy. M- Merced as Hot Girl, Eddie Gathery as Mr. Terrific. Uh, we've even got uh, Anthony Kerrigan as Metamorpho. So Superman Legacy is set to kick off. So if you don't if you don't know how DC's doing this, Marvel has Phase One, Phase Two, Phase Three, and the DCU is going to have parts, and each part has a name. So so Superman Legacy kicks off part one, which is titled Gods and Monsters. And it starts shooting early in 2024, so long as the writer-actor strike uh, gets clarified or gets cleaned up by then. So if that happens, then it should have a release date of around July 11th, 2025. What do you think of uh, James Gunn having all these people around him? I think it's going to be awesome. I The cast... Um, I love Rachel Brosnan. I love Nathan Fillion. I don't really know the other actors very well, but I really trust James Gunn that he's going to put together a fantastic movie. And he's picked some amazing actors to do it. Um, It kind of goes along with the conversation we just had about (laughs) the superhero fatigue, because we do have all these superhero movies coming out. and what is going to differentiate it? How are they going to break through the fatigue and make me want to go watch it? It's kind of how we still haven't seen um, Secret Invasion yet. It's complete. Oh, yeah. I still haven't watched that. Yeah, I've, been watching Gra- I've been watching Gravity Falls. <laughs> yeah. And but, it's yeah. nothing about Secret Invasion that <laughs> makes me want to go, yeah, I have to see that. It's kind of like... Really? Yeah. Another thing? Yeah, I gotta be honest with you. I mean I'm even I'm not even super looking forward to uh Loki season two, even though I actually like Loki. Oh, when is that coming out? Anyways. Uh yeah, I don't know. Oh yeah. <laughs> For our calendar, podcast calendar. I'll look that up, but let's keep talking. <laughs> and and so James Gunn has been able to position himself in a way that I trust that he's going to make a movie that it's not going to make me feel kind of bland and eh. um they the problem with the superhero fatigue is that the movies aren't they're not necessarily really bad but they're just all becoming kind of the same well 
that and they come out so quickly. They're like on top of each other all the time. Loki season two premieres Friday, October 6th, according to IMDb. We'll have to put that in our calendar, maybe. They're my go-to. Yeah, <clears throat> for sure, for sure. All right, let's move on. Check this out. Spock actor Zachary Quinto talks Star Trek four movie possibilities. So Paramount Pictures and J.J. Abrams have struggled for seven years to launch Star Trek four, despite their eagerness to see it materialize. The journey has seen numerous challenges, delays, and setbacks. Meanwhile, fans have reveled in the Star Trek TV series that have been streaming on Paramount+. Plus. At the 57-year mission convention in Las Vegas recently, Spock actor Zachary Quinto was asked if these shows were the reason for the movie's delay. He responded by saying, quote, I don't think that has anything to do with it. Actually, I think the more there is, the more it gets people excited about what could be. I think there's a lot of other stuff, creative things. It's complicated. The fact that anything good gets made is kind of a miracle. And I don't know if and when it will happen. And it coalesces again and we come back and we're able to do it wonderful. If not, we had a great run, end quote. So back in 2022, Abrams announced the uh, an upcoming Star Trek film stating that we are thrilled to say that we are hard at work on a new Star Trek film featuring our original cast and some new characters. And I think they're going to be a really fun and exciting uh, adventure. However, originally slated director Matt Shakeman exited to helm Marvel's Fantastic Four, leading to the film's removal from Paramount's roster. And Abrams confirmed They've yet to secure a new director, but shared optimism regarding the story's potential, emphasizing that, quote, it's the first time since the original reboot that we have had a story that feels as compelling as the first one, end quote. So it sounds like <clears throat> they do have a script. Or at least... Sounds like it. The the um early, or like maybe a rough draft of a script, you know? And they just need the green light to really get those writers in the room to like hash it out and make it better, you know, kind of thing. I am like, I mean, yeah, I kind of like, I will say this because like I'm in the middle of the season finale of Strange New World season two. I'm excited for Lower Deck season four to come out. And if anything like that has like, I just, if they can give me more Star Wars, especially with Chris Pine and Zachary Quentin. Star like, Trek. Star Trek. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> it's all good. Um, but more Star Trek with them. Like for that, like alternate timeline. That's great. Cause like, I like the first one mm -hmm. into darkness was amazing. The third one, I still enjoyed it. Like, I feel like a lot of people hashed on that, but I, I enjoyed it. I think in a sense, because the third one kind of showed like, it definitely showed that, like, Kirk and Spot had been, like, together. Like, the crew had been together for a long time that they yeah. worked in a cohesive team. And I liked that. Like, it really, like, that's what I liked about the third one. Is mm -hmm. it wasn't them learning to work together. It was, like, they already know how to work together. And so here's a situation we get to see, like, a difficult situation. We get to see how this team functions kind of thing. So I enjoyed the third one. So I would yeah, like a fourth one. I feel, I feel like... um after the first one was so successful, actually, real quick, 
let's be honest. We wouldn't have some of these TV shows if Star Trek didn't get back into a pop culture without it's the reboot true. movie. Yeah, the reboot so, movie. So, so we have a we have a lot of Star Trek today thanks to the reboot movie, even though they haven't continued that that timeline. Um, and now that I said that, I completely forgot what I was going to say before that. <laughs> I was oh, talking about like the third movie. Oh, oh, I, I felt like, okay. Yes, thanks for jogging my memory. I feel yeah. like I feel like they started rushing them after they realized how much money they made, and and uh, and I think Paramount's like, yeah, we got Star Trek back, we can make a lot of money. I feel like they just they rushed them a little too quickly before they had like ironed out stories. And so if JJ's saying they've got a rock solid story for a fourth one, I got I got to believe that the delayed uh, in three and four is contributing to that. Um, so we will see. Uh, but moving on, we've got rumors on who the villain is for Venom 3. So a recent scoop sheds light on the character. <laughs> What's up with all the names today? <laughs> what is up with all? It's okay. called diversity, Austin. It's beautiful and amazing because then we get to learn. Okay, you know, you get Edgio 4. C-H-I-W-E-T-E-L-E-J-I-O-F-O-R. Shewetel Eligio 4. There's no L. It's Eligio 4. Okay, Shewetel. I'm going to say Shewetel. Sorry if I mispronounced your name. A recent scoop sheds light on the character Shewetel will portray in the upcoming Venom 3, Marvel insider Daniel... Rickman suggests that Chiwetel will step into the shoes of Venom villain Orwell Taylor. So for those unfamiliar, Taylor isn't a mainstream Marvel character, but was introduced in Venom the Mace number one back in 1994. He's a former U.S. Army lieutenant colonel who bears a grudge against superhuman vigilantes, blaming them for his son's murder or in death. Uh, Venom in particular is in Taylor's crosshairs as he believes the anti-hero caused his son's death. In response, Taylor forms the jury, a group donning armor with a mission to judge and eliminate vigilantes, primarily Venom. While often at odds with Marvel's protagonists, Taylor perceives himself as a beacon of justice aiming to hold super beings answerable for unintended consequences for their actions. So Tom Hardy will be returning as Eddie Brock and Venom and Juno Temple from uh, Ted Lasso fame has also joined the cast in a yet to be revealed role. She was the blonde woman, the shorter blonde woman, Amanda, now that you're trying to remember, who was best friends to the taller woman. Keely. Yes, she was Healy. Keely. Keely, yes. Anyways, Hardy, alongside writer-director Kelly Marshall, has crafted the third installment with Venom 3 slated for a July 12, 2024 release. Well, good job getting through all that. <laughs> all those names. Yeah. Sheesh, <laughs> um, oh my gosh, I had it on. I had a response and now it left me. Okay, well, I have I my response. laughing at the name. Oh, oh, that was it. Um, I'm kind of looking forward to this because... The previous Venom movies were dealing with, like, a villain with superpowers. I'm looking forward to this one where it's not someone with the super va- superpowers. Mm-hmm. Just to see, like, how dangerous they can be, you know? Mm-hmm. So, I always like that when it's 
like a super person going against a non-super person and yet that non-super person is like a genuine threat so it this is kind of like how we need a normal person in the olympics just to show how awesome the olympians are yes like let's have me i'll go like (laughs) swim the race and let's show how fast these people really really are Oh my word, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we've done three races and she finally finishes a lap. <laughs> right? She made <laughs> she made it to the other end. <laughs> We're so proud of her. <laughs> I I'm uh, I think I'm in alignment with you, Jake. I, I as I, you know, as I was reading this and thinking about the possibilities of where they could go, like I actually like the idea of the jury. Like they're like we have we haven't seen that in any superhero film. Yeah, and and, and yeah. they're they're exploring these unintended consequences. The only the only thing we ever got close to that was maybe the be, the beginning of the Dark Knight, uh, where where Batman had all these copycats following him around. Yeah, and that was the that was the only like the only superhero movie I can think of that even like remotely so, comes close to this. I I think Vulture is an unintended consequence. Uh, no. Well. I don't, I don't think okay. so. Um, one of the things I was going to say is nothing says I hate vigilantes like becoming a vigilante yourself. Right? <laughs> uh, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. So, All right, let's move on. So, uh, Invincibles, Robert Kirkman promises a shorter wait for season three. Yes! So, Robert Kirkman... The mind behind Invincible acknowledges the extended wait for season two. However, he assures fans that they won't face such prolonged delays in future seasons of the Amazon Prime Uh, show. Based on the current strike, I don't know how he can promise that. Well, we we actually get into that. We actually get into that. Okay. So Invincible season two will premiere on Prime Video on November 3rd. So it's right around the corner. And it will be releasing four episodes, the season's latter half. Uh, is slated for early 2024, so it's going to be kind of like maybe a couple months in between. No. This creates no. this creates a, an over two year hiatus between the first uh, season starting and the finish of the second season. And in an interview with IGN at Comic Con, Kirkman cited several reasons for the delay, jokingly mentioned a lot of naps. Oh. He then elaborated, "quote." Launching the series amidst the pandemic and prepping for season two and three while ensuring such delays aren't repeated was monumental. The animation production process, it's akin to a factory. Once it's halted, uh, restarting requires time. Our aim was resuming production so future delays like this are averted. This is the maximum gap fans will face between Invincible seasons, end quote. So when inquired about the progress on season three, he responded by saying, quote, we've advanced significantly, though the animation always has phases that could prolong the timeline. But the good news is we've advanced significantly, end quote. Then Kirkman was also asked on the status of the live action Invincible movie, which he had confirmed back in 2021. He noted the project wasn't abandoned, but was currently stagnant due to the ongoing strikes in Hollywood. 
Kirkman's involvement with the Amazon Prime's video uh, animated Invincible is not affected by the strikes since it falls under the Animation Guild, unlike the Writers Guild of America and the Screen Actors Guild, which affects live action. Interesting. So we're getting a lot more animated movies in the next year. Yeah, that's what I I saw that too. (laughs) So... Until they decide they deserve more, which, like, they totally should as well. Mm-hmm. Unless that's well, something that... Anyway, sorry, go on. I'm anyway, like... so I'm I'm really excited for this. I'm really excited that season two is coming out. I'm rather upset that they've split the season, but, yes, but, but that's normal, but, but, and I've but, learned to accept that. But the but it's it's not that far of a, a split, though. It's like, it sounds like it's coming out, it's coming out in November, and then... December and then you and then maybe back. Austin January. keeps wanting to defend. I this. don't know. Okay, whatever. Continue. And I don't care. <laughs> I'm still upset. <laughs> he can try and defend it all he wants. It still is a split season, and I'm not happy about it. Sure, sure. Um, I am happy though that they're saying it looks like they were working on season three treatments as well as working on season two. Oh, yeah. That's part of probably why season three is going to come out a lot faster, and it will give them a chance to work on season four. Because they'll have more time to do it. So that way it'll ramp things up. Because when you're doing a first season, you don't always know if you're going to get a second. Well, yeah. And I think that's what Amazon Prime was doing. Because as soon as they realized just how popular Invincible was, they immediately greenlit two seasons. Yeah. Back to back. That enabled them to be able to create the third season faster. Because they knew it was going to happen. So I, I, I appreciate that. Um. And Jacka, to your typed comment that series doesn't exist, it never happened. We're talking and about the we don't talk about now. that. It's the only way I'm going to find out what happens is if they make a TV show of it. The wheel of. But time. the problem is, is you're not finding out what happens. You're finding out a really weird version that. Good enough for me. <laughs> I will take it. If I get some sort of conclusion that I started and cannot finish. I will take it. They changed the main character and they like totally butchered the entire entirety of like the characters. This is one of those cases where I'm like, I, it, the first season was just reminding me of things I had forgotten. So that's what I was enjoying. I was like, oh yeah, I kind of remember that. <laughs> Cause I really probably will never know how this series ends. <laughs> what book did you stop on? <sighs> Spoiler to anyone out there, because it's the only way I can tell fans of Little Town yeah, where I yeah, stopped. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was so spoiler warning. Okay, it was right when Rand had cleaned the dark, the male source. So I was pretty far along, and then you like were- I was so excited to be like, oh, okay, where does this take them next? Like, what happens next? And it was like freaking a whole different character. And I was like, wait, where's Rand? And he was like 800 pages in. And I was like, I'm done. I'm done. I am not doing this anymore. Like it has, it took me like a year and a half to finish that book. But yeah. Um, so yeah, I was just like, I'm done. I'm done. Do you know how I got through the series? I would take the book and I would put bookmarks in for each character. And so I would read one character's arc through the whole book. And then I would do the next character. Where were you when I was reading those books? I probably would have gone through them with that. But it's it's too late now. Like, I knew it was a lost cause when I saw the final book, hardcover, $5 at Walmart. And I looked at that and I said, no, thank you. I will admit I haven't finished the final book. 
but that's in part because of the um i think it's the trauma of having to wait so many years between books i i don't want it to end for me it's just like the trauma of like no plot advancement and all these characters and stuff going on that I was like for multiple I don't care books. for many multiple books, books. Like, for yeah. multiple books and yeah I've had many people tell me that Brandison cleaned it up nicely and got it back on track really quickly and did an amazing job of wrapping up the series and I'm just like I'm sorry the damage has been done yeah, the problem <laughs> is is your next book is not written by Brandon Sanderson I think if the next book for you was written by him I think that might edge you into it but you've got a couple more Robert Jordan books there. And I'm like, there's like, I've had someone tell me like, you should just read the cliff notes and then like for those books and then start reading when Brent, like Sanderson took over. And I'm like, I can't even do that. Like the, I can't, you can just always oh, ask Bob. I know. I'm like, I just need to sit down with a huge <laughs> fan and be like, Hey, tell me like, here's where I last left off. This is literally the only thing I remember. I don't remember anything else about anyone else. And I'm just like, please tell me like, what happens <laughs> so that's why i appreciate the tv series is because it's helping me remember <laughs> i do i do remember watching that last episode and i was like okay that was out of order <laughs> i was yeah. like i don't remember that happening in the first book they're only gonna get farther yeah but okay i'm stopping talking okay, all right that derailed <laughs> i don't yeah yeah i'm just waiting for <laughs> Us to we say, are having a we are, no, that's okay. But now it's time to talk Ahsoka and yes. jump into our main event. We had our honeymoon on Alderaan. Good thing we took pictures, huh? <laughs> Shut up, Wesley. You have no idea what you're dealing with. Uh, Shakespeare in the Park. And that bell means it is time for our main event! Star Wars! Ahsoka! Preparation! Hey, special shout out to all you super nerds who have hit that podcast subscribe button. We really, really appreciate you. Please help us get the word out. Tell a friend about the podcast. And I want to invite you to hit that podcast subscribe button if you've not done so already. Come on, do it. You'll get plus 10 nerd XP. Nerd XP! All right, so before we jump into this conversation, we actually have a little bit of nerd news because a new Ahsoka trailer just came out featuring Hayden's, Christensen's, Anakin Skywalker. So the new teaser for Disney Plus Ahsoka is exciting, mostly because of the fresh dialogue from Hayden Christensen's Anakin Skywalker highlighting his significant role in the upcoming Star Wars show. The trailer kicks off with Ahsoka conversing with Ray Stevenson's character, Balin Scroll. He remarks, quote, everyone in the order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few witnessed his transformation. This is followed by a brief look at Christensen's Anakin from Obi-Wan's episode five uh, and his initial moments as Darth Vader. Ahsoka then reflects on her decision to abandon both Anakin and the Jedi, Jedi Order. We then hear fresh new lines from Christensen, potentially maybe hinting at a flashback in the Ahsoka series. And the absence of any new visuals of Christensen doesn't necessarily diminish the impact of the words he says because he says, in this war, your adversaries exist beyond droids. Now, as I was listening to this, and we're going to listen to the trailer in just a second. As I was as I was listening to this, 
I'm pretty sure that he's quoting the Clone Wars Anakin uh, in the uh, Star Wars Tales of the Jedi, in which they oh. have in which they have Ahsoka training uh, against all the droids. And Anakin's there is not the uh, droids; it's the clones. The, he, yes, he has clones. her yes. fight Rex's squad and tells like Rex's squad Correct. do whatever you yep. can. So so yeah. so I think Hayden Christensen is saying those exact lines. So when we listen to it, listen to that and tell me if you think that's the case. So given that Anakin and Ahsoka's last encounter was on Malachor Five in Star Wars Rebels, it sparks curiosity about whether this wasn't their final meeting after all. And while some sources suggest Anakin's reappearance in Ahsoka, uh, it might just harken back to their glory days instead. Anyways, we'll get the few, we'll get the full picture soon because on August twenty third, right around the corner, ten days from the day we filmed it or recorded this, uh, we will find out. So let's let's take a listen to this Ahsoka trailer and we'll talk about it afterwards. Here we go. Everyone in the order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few would live to see what he became. Before the end of the Clone Wars, I walked away from him and the Jedi. In this war, you will face more than just droids. As your master, it's my responsibility to prepare you. I won't always be there to look out for you. I could use the help. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Don't be afraid. And trust your instincts. I know you can do this, Ahsoka. I'm sorry, that makes me excited. Oh, I I think you're right, Austin. I think you are. I think so, those are from that episode. Now I got to go watch it. So does that mean? Oh, does that mean that we're going to get a live action version of that Tales of the Jedi episode? With with Ahsoka doing those well, the cool. live action Ahsoka, that like it's so that would be cool. But a part of me is like, well, I don't know. So a part of me, I'll just say, so a part of me doesn't want that because it's like it already exists. But at the same time, if you're gonna bring in audiences who haven't watched any of Clone Wars, which I have some friends that have been enjoying these Star Wars TV shows but haven't seen Clone Wars, like that would help invite them in. So it's like mm-hmm. a part of me says, oh, I hope not. But at the same time, like, but that would help get new audiences it would help the audiences who aren't familiar with ahsoka who have only been watching like star wars and the mandalorian but haven't seen any of clone wars and rebels that would help them get more familiar with her you know Mm -hmm. like it would be a good way to do her like explain who she is quick like it'd be a cool way to explain who she is yeah i I do have a few friends that won't watch any of the animated they just don't like for whatever reason well well, yeah, I have some like, yeah, friends and family too that it's the animation that they can't get over, which I'm like, yeah, it's hard. But once you get into like the good stories, you kind of forget about that. But it's that yeah. getting into it that's you the gotta, hard you part. Gotta, you gotta, start, still, you gotta you probably to start in uh, season three or season four of Clone Wars. Season three is like when a lot of the cool, intense stuff, pretty much. When Darth Maul comes back, that's when you got to do. <laughs> it's like yeah. when everything gets good. Yeah. When he oh, steps into so it, good. that's when. That's when you have all the great storylines is when he's back in the picture. Yeah. But, but, but going back to what this article is saying is, you know, are we going to get Anakin's reappearance as like a flashback or are we going to get like another, uh, you know, Anakin Vader 
type of uh, uh, meeting that's after Malachor Five. I don't see why we can't have both. I mean, like, I don't... The, the only reason I feel like we won't have them is all about, like, when this takes place. If it's supposed to take place shortly at, like, where Rebels left off, where she's she and Sabine are out looking for Ezra, then I don't see how we could... I mean, unless Anakin, like, appears well, as a Force ghost, or, there, like, there's, I, yeah. There's, there's no That's way this crazy. takes place directly after the end of Rebels. I do think it continues that storyline, but this takes place in the, the Mandoverse timeline, and Rebels took place before Episode 4. So we've yeah, got Episode yeah. 4, 5, 6, and then we've got where Ahsoka's at. Mandalorian, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I uh, here, here's what I'm thinking, though, okay? So we've got... We, we know we're going to get more Ahsoka after this TV series because of Dave Filoni's uh, upcoming movies, right? So we're going to get some more Ahsoka. So this is not the end of Ahsoka, which is nice because when we're done with Clone Wars, we're like, eh, is that the end of Ahsoka's character? When we were done with Rebels, we're like, eh, is that the end of Ahsoka's character? Like, what, like what's going on with Ahsoka's character? So, so this is the first time we're entering a, uh, a new Ahsoka Star Wars content where we know we're going to get more Ahsoka. But I bring that up because I'm wondering if this TV show, more than anything else that's coming out with Ahsoka in the future, if this is going to be like the preeminent Ahsoka content of everything, because I'm wondering if Dave Filoni uh, is going to use this as an opportunity to really wrap up every single like question and storyline behind Ahsoka. And, uh, and then moving forward, Ahsoka can be that Gandalf like character. We we've talked about in previous episodes because, because she's been there, done that. She's had her storylines wrapped up and now she can move forward as that Gandalf like character. So, so I guess what I'm, 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 I'm thinking out loud, Amanda Jekka, do you think that this Ahsoka TV show will be like the preeminent Ahsoka story content that wraps up the storylines? Or do you think I'm way off and that, and that's, or, and that's not a good thing. I just don't want it. I mean, I, Ahsoka's my favorite. I just want more Ahsoka. I mean, I found out. So there was this post that one of my friends on Facebook put up that was like, here's how, like, if you don't know anything about Ahsoka, like, here's all the show, like, here's everything you need to know, like, that you could watch Mm -hmm. to learn about Ahsoka, starting with, like, the Clone Wars movie where you're introduced to her, and then, like, I had a list of (laughs) Well, it, like, and then, like, select episodes from Clone Wars and then it had um, the Tales of the Jedi episodes in that order, and then Rebels mixed in. And then I found out, uh, hey, there's a book about her, apparently. <laughs> yeah. Ahsoka, I don't, like, uh, I don't think that book's canon anymore. But but in that it's book... It's Ahsoka? In, it's in, canon. That, in that book you just held up, though, she... I mean, I haven't read it, but she... But, but well, yeah, what, what I know from it, she she does go to that farm. Yeah, and, that's the thing. It like, takes place that, with that. Yeah. And Sorry, see, I keep interrupting you. Go on. No, no, no. And we see that farm in uh, Tales of the Jedi. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah. So. Yeah. So like this like ties in with that. And so I was just like, so I bought the book because I'm like, Ahsoka. So, I mean, if it, oh, the only way I could think of it, I would be okay with it wrapping up storylines as if it does wrap up storylines and stuff left over that have remained open from Clone Wars and 
rebels and and then it moves i mean i guess an answer to your question like yes and no i think yes if it it could wrap up the storylines from the rebels but i don't want it to be just that you know i would like more ahsoka i would like their i'd be happy with the season two i mean I'm always like no overkill on the seasons. Like I would like two sure. or three seasons of Ahsoka and then I'd be satisfied. <laughs> I mean, maybe I want to see a real, I know we got it in uh, I think it was the book of Boba Fett. Uh, I think it was a book of Boba Fett. Anyways, I want to see a real interaction between Ahsoka and Luke that, yes. that goes into depth and not just stays at a surface level. I want to see, I want to see Luke wrestling with the, thoughts and understanding of how his father Anakin fell to the dark side from Ahsoka's point of view. I want to see, I want to see deep philosophical conversations. Dude, that would be cool if it was like Ahsoka and Luke both like undergoing that like traumatic experience. Let's admit it. Like it was traumatic for Ahsoka. It was traumatic for Luke. Like that would be cool to have like a philosophical side of Star Wars where they're both trying to work through and reconcile that. Because like the reason Ahsoka's like, I won't be a Jedi be like, I won't claim to be part of that order is because of what happened to Anakin, you know? And and maybe Luke can bring her some healing. Yeah. And then she could do that. Like she could do that for Luke. He could be like, like I've only known him as this evil figure. Like, how was you, he good to begin with? And she was like, "Here's here was my time. I was his paddle." Do you wait, do you know how poetic it, it would be? And it falls in line with George Lucas's uh, a philosophy of of repeating patterns and circles and things. If if Ahsoka, um, you know, Luke healed Anakin. Luke heals Ahsoka. Um, that would be cool. Oh, oh man, like like yeah, I want to see. Episode five, Star Wars episode five, Dagobah philosophy, Yoda teaching the force type of uh, of quality philosophy <laughs> in Ahsoka. So uh, the other thing that you guys aren't talking about, you're not talking about Hera, Sabine. No, no, no. no. We're talking about Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Go ahead, Amanda. Say your words. Sp- say your. I don't want to talk about them say, yet. Say your words. Focus still. <laughs> I don't know where I'm. Oh, there <laughs> they are. My, my roommate. So okay. I'm getting distracted because my roommates pop popcorn. I'm like, ooh, I want popcorn now. But mm. so, so Austin's bugging me. I'm like, because mm. I was playing my little minute game while you guys were talking about Ahsoka. Because I don't really have much to say. What do you mean not much to say? It's Ahsoka. Ahsoka Tano. There was something I saw. It was like a meme on Facebook, but like it showed the actress playing Sabine in yeah. Sabine's armor, and I was like, that looks pretty sweet. Okay, you want you want to talk about Sabine and them? You can talk about Sabine. Well, I, I'm wondering how she's going to fit in with what's going on with the Mandalorian. Like, how is she affected by all that's been going on there? Well, she's well, doing the Isn't that where Thrawn? Is tying them like isn't Thrawn going to be that bridge? Yeah, yeah, and, and that's kind of what I want to see with Sabine is because Sabine is a Mandalorian. How is oh, that I going see. to interact? Oh, yeah, sure. For her, but no Mandalorian season three point five, not like they did in both. Yes. I'm no, still was really not. annoyed with that. None of yeah. that. I, I, oh, I hope they do not. Do not turn Ahsoka into Mandalorian 3.5. Because my expectations are so high for Ahsoka, and I think that would just tank it. (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so so anyway, sorry, go on. Here, here's something I, that's interesting, and and they revealed it in that trailer we just listened to. So this uh, this new baddie uh, named Balin Scroll, he straight up at the beginning of the trailer says everyone in the Order knew Anakin Skywalker. Few witnessed his transformation. So that highly suggests that. Balin knew Anakin pretty well, and he also understood that he turned into Darth Vader. And that sounds familiar to me, and I don't know why, but go on. And so I'm wondering, like, how he actually fits in all this because, you know, obviously Dave Filoni's starting to introduce heir to the Empire elements, and a lot of people have been wondering that if this Balin scroll is just going to be like a Joris Kaboth uh clone type of character but but because he knew anakin and he understood that he became darth vader he saw his transformation that says that he was there during the episode three time period so i so i can't see him being a a clone he's he has to be i'm assuming uh a jedi during the order 66 time period but somehow Maybe he went the route of uh, Inquisitors or something. I don't know. I, like, there's a lot of mystery around this scroll guy and this other person. But, but in that trailer, the uh, the female that's I'm assuming is like Scroll's apprentice um, is actually fighting uh, Sabine lightsaber lightsaber combat. And so, so we've got. The scroll dude looks to be like the main villain for Ahsoka. And we've got the other lady who looks to be the main villain for Sabine. And, uh, and so, so, so I see, I see that route. Uh, and I'm just acknowledging it. (laughs) So a lot, a lot of words to say that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't know why, but that scroll name it sounds familiar to me, and I'm like, "Well, you're not thinking Marvel scrolls." I mean, maybe that's where my brain's going. It's like I've I've heard the word before, but I, I was like, I feel like I may have heard it in Star Wars. I don't know. Yeah. It could have been one of the games. I don't know. You know, there, there's also rumors that maybe we're being introduced to a third uh, Jedi Sith esque sect of the of Force users. Ooh. That'd be interesting. And I don't know about, I don't know how I feel about that. That, that would be hard for me. Like, I don't know, like, uh, the, uh, Dathomir witch, witches. Oh, the equivalent of that kind of thing. I, yeah, I've, I've, I have not, I like, super I, cool, though. I like the, I like the Dathomir witches, but, but for, but, but they, their reign kind of ended before episode four, five, and six. Yeah. We kind of saw that in the Clone Wars. So I don't know about a, I don't know how I feel about a third sect rising up during the age of the empire when the Sith ruled the galaxy. I don't, I I can't see Palpatine and Vader saying, eh, you know, we're okay with another like, you know, force welding, you know, warrior sect rising up while we maintain power. Unless, Unless it's only those two. I don't, I don't know. Here, here's a thought. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just throwing things out there. What if this is some sort of like secret Sith split off? Because if if we're, if we're if we're tapping into Thrawn, who goes to the other side of the universe and doesn't really interact with anything during episodes four, five, and six, 
then maybe there was some other Sith on that side who weren't aware of Palpatine and Palpatine might not have been aware of them. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just spitballing. And Thrawn finds them. Yeah, maybe. And they joined for, oh my gosh. If Thrawn has like, Thrawn would be unstoppable if he had like a little Sith army at his like allies. Because, yes, I see Thrawn as being the one that could control them. But, yeah. Yeah. That would be insane. If he comes in, he's like, oh, go. <laughs> These are my Sith buddies. Because <laughs> he talks like that. <laughs> oh, he does? Yes. These are yes. my Sith. These are my I, uh... Sith homies. Go get him. You know, the we we've seen very small glimpses of Thrawn in the uh trailers but compared to this balen scroll guy like thrawn i'm getting the hint is not going to be maybe as as uh evident in this series as maybe we're hoping uh maybe maybe they're going to introduce thrawn but he's not going to be like a major uh Will he be like a finale i can so with how thrawn is i feel like he would like and as much as i would like thrown all throughout it if he was like the finale kind of thing but like yeah. a very prominent role in the finale i would be okay with that yeah maybe maybe if he came up in the finale shows him pulling the strings behind the uh behind but the like scenes. like really shows him pulling right. strings i don't want it to be like here he is here's thrawn and then end season you know end credits roll i'm like i don't want that mm-hmm but if he's like in the season finale and they're like oh my gosh here's thrawn here's everything he's been doing and then it's like the first go at Thrawn. I'm good with that. And then save dealing with him for season two. Or we deal with it, deal with him in an Heir to the Empire uh, movie. Which I'm not great too. You know, I'm all for other seasons of Ahsoka, but I'm not 100% convinced that Disney wants to do that, with, especially with Bob Iger saying that he wants to decrease the amount of uh content they're putting out and they want to focus more on movies and, so lucasfilm needs to separate itself from disney and then <laughs> do what it wants. They, they can't do that disney owns them well that's the thing like be like nope <laughs> we so change our very independently wealthy needs to buy Dis star wars back from disney. george lucas exactly. wants to give them their four billion back whatever i think it was four billion did, did george buy star wars for four billion or three billion or, or or I'm sorry, so, Disney. Uh, yeah. Let me see. Disney buys Star Wars. Price. Yeah, price. I'm, I can't remember. Four billion. I was correct the first time. Four billion dollars. My word, that's a lot of money. So much. Can't even fathom that. I can't even fathom like a hundred thousand. Oh, that's interesting. I'm looking at something. Uh, called Inside the Magic. So a new report suggests that uh, Disney actually paid over $10 billion for Star Wars. Uh, and then George Lucas kept $4 billion of that. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's accurate. I'll have to look into that more. So, but yeah, $4 billion is what I'm tracking. Huh. Well, this is Dave Filoni's biggest moment. Of his career, probably, doing a live-action Ahsoka series. How do you think this is going to compare to the Clone Wars? 
it's about Ahsoka. I'm already like, it's going to be awesome. <laughs> Anything, Amanda? <laughs> I'm like, like, like my honest, on. my honest response is like, I really gen like, I, I feel like that question is too soon to answer because my expectations are so high. Like my, I'm, I'm hoping it will be the equivalent of, um, those last four episodes of Clone Wars. Oh, spectacular. That's, that is where my expectations are right now. Or if are, not, then at least just like season seven of Clone Wars. Like are that's your, where my expectations are. Are your expectations are. too high going into this? They you, are. You know, you know what happens. flat out honest. My expectations are really high right now. They really are. They are. I'm flat out. Like, they've been high from the moment so, they were like, yeah. <laughs> my expectations are high too. I just, I, I feel like we've talked all about the Ahsoka part, but, like, we're missing the Rebels part. That Rosario Dawson. See, there's more to talk about Ahsoka. <laughs> no, she's talking about Hera. Like, I was the trailers to see, like, Hera. <laughs> Ezra. And in, and in Mandalorian, too, like, I'm pretty sure you see Zeb in the background. Like, in the more Mandalorian season well, we, three, yeah, we there see, was Zeb in the background. I was like, that's Zeb. No, he was, he was in the background. He was sitting right next to... Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, like, he... It was, in, yeah. On the, on the bar Sorry. counter or whatever. He, he was... I was say amazing. background because he was, like, a background character, but it was one that was like, oh, yeah. my gosh, it's Zeb. But, yeah, like... And, yeah, Ezra. I'm excited for that. And so I, I do think we are going to get Mandalorian aspects in it due to Zeb interacting with um, Din Djarin. Yeah. Um, we're going like it's going to influence. It's going to be in there. It just we better not have any episodes solely about Dinjarin yes. or solely about Grogu. Grogu, yeah, exactly. Yeah, because well, I I am happy. Like that. I, I, I think that's so. another reason why my expectations are high. Because like, if this is going to wrap up the Ezra storyline from Rebels, where how that like I'm. I think that's where my expectations are coming from because I'm like, oh, I want to see that play out because last scene in Rebels is Sabine and Ahsoka oh. going off to find Ezra because Ezra's like, I can't wait to see you. I can't wait to come home. And it's like, hey, he knows like they're going to find him. All right. And now they got to find him. And like, that's where I'm excited. And Thrawn's out there still. We know Ahsoka's looking for him. What if yeah. this, is, this is way out there. What if Balin's scroll is actually Ezra? Because because w the world between worlds, time works a little funky. You know, I don't know. Um, except we already know that he's not. Well, you could always have a flashback to the actor that they they've got playing Ezra. I don't know. Yeah. I uh, Amanda's looking it up while she's looking that up. <laughs> I uh, Iman Esfandi. Iman Esfandi. Uh, Has he been in anything else? No, 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 no. Is that? I think that's, that's IMDb. No, no, no. Ezra gives emotion. I is that the voice actor? No, for Rebels. That is not the voice actor. Uh, I know what the voice actor looks like. That is not the voice actor. Right, maybe you're right. Maybe you're right. Because um, I followed that because I was really rooting for Meta Masoud. I thought he would do an amazing job uh, from Aladdin. He was the yeah. one that was originally rumors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I, I remembered when they officially cast someone. I'm like, I know that they've got somebody. It's not the same dude. 
I um. Now this is gonna be Rosario Dawson's first real cementing herself as Ahsoka Tano. I know we had that one episode, um, and the, the, the amazing the, episode. It was a good episode, but I don't know. Her her Ahsoka Tano is a little flat, and I'm and I and I can find myself longing for, um. Oh my word! I'm brain farting. Yeah, Ashley Eckstein. And um, but I but you know, is it flat because now this is a very mature Ahsoka who is the uh, Obi Wan to Luke figure, or I don't know, I don't know. I hope I hope we get Ashley Eckstein in here as a, a young Ahsoka. That would be cool. So, so if they do the flashbacks that we were talking about earlier, then we've got Hayden Christensen and Ashley Eckstein as a young Ahsoka. That would be cool. Yeah. So, all right. Final thoughts on Ahsoka, because we're going to be watching it soon. I'm excited. Go Ahsoka. Ahsoka for 2024. There we go. <laughs> I've said it. All right. <laughs> Amanda's speechless with her excitement. Either that or she's tired. <laughs> Hey folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Super Nerd Podcast. Make sure to hit that podcast subscribe button and leave us a review wherever you're listening to us. Subscribe and review us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor Podcasts, YouTube, or wherever else you find us next week. Guess what? We're going to be talking the 30th anniversary of Jurassic Park. Can you believe it's been 30 years? So leave us a voicemail with your thoughts at anchor.fm slash supernerdpodcast. Or email us some thoughts to supernerdpodcast at gmail.com. Or find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, search Supernerd Podcast. Give us a like, give us a share. But from all of us at Supernerd Podcast, stay nerdy, my friends. Have fun. Catch you later.
tore the galaxy apart for love You've done well to bring him here But I can sense he has far too much fear So I will have to let you go I cannot teach him, it's impossible Please know that I would love to Learn much more about Grogu I, I wish I could explain why Just know I've seen emotions change Jedi Sometimes all I think about is you And I changed on us like a shade through We were close but you gave it all love Tore the galaxy apart for love Sometimes all I think about is you And now you changed on us like a shade through We were close but you gave it all love Tore the galaxy apart for love Rogu looks to you like a dad If something happened to you Something bad I fear the child he would grow mad I've seen it all before and makes me so sad Sometimes all I think about is you Now you changed on us like she do We were close but you gave it all love We were close but you gave it all love Sometimes all I think about is you Apart for love Sometimes all I think about is love Now you changed on us like a sheep too We were close but you gave it all love Tore the galaxy apart for love